You join me right now in welcoming all those who are tuning in from all across America. Come on, make some noise for all those who are in Ohio, Illinois, Florida, California, wherever you're from, put it in the chat. We're so glad to have you with us today as we launch into a new series. And I'm going to challenge you and encourage you to share uh, these messages, all right? Share the message today uh, because we live in an uncertain world, right? We live in a challenging time and people are looking for answers. They're looking really for the answer, I believe, and uh, we know what that answer is. And so be sure and share this message today. Who knows who it'll change. Every time you share it, it makes a difference in somebody else's life. And every week, somebody online comes to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior because of you. So thank you so much for sharing. As I said, it's crazy times out there, right? You been out there? It's crazy times. How many, you don't even have to leave your house, right? It's crazy in your house. And uh, so we're, we're going to look at Psalm 23, and we are going to look at the 23rd Psalm for the next seven weeks. We are going to break this psalm down phrase by phrase. The style of preaching that uh, this is, is expository style preaching where you just go through like a whole chapter, uh, a whole book of scriptures, and you just go verse by verse and look at it. And we do that uh, here in this church. That's not the style that Jesus used to teach. Uh, the, ch the way that Jesus taught was topical preaching. He would just take a coin and make a sermon out of it. Uh, he would just take a child and make a sermon out of a child. Uh, he, he'd make a sermon out of birds and flowers. And so we're going to use some objects during this series as well uh, as we go through and break down this Psalm, which is, I believe, the most famous psalm and, in my opinion, probably the most famous passage of Scripture in the entirety of the Bible. And I don't think there's ever been a greater time of need for the 23rd Psalm than right now, and uh, maybe in your life right now. And so we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through this psalm week after week after week. And uh, this psalm is so famous that I have, I have seen it, I've witnessed it quoted in an X-Men movie. You know, um, I think it was in, the, um, in, in some other series, te television shows, uh, in the Titanic, right? Um, they were quoting this psalm as the ship was sinking. And so uh, there's a lot of emphasis in our culture on this. And more than that, maybe, is the fact that you've heard it at a funeral as well. But it wasn't just written for funerals, okay? It was written for life and for helping us to navigate life. And so in honor of this 23rd Psalm, here's what we're going to do over the next seven weeks. 
We're going to read it together, and I want us to read it. Now, you may have memorized it or known it in a different translation, so there's a lot of translations out there. And I looked again, and the most uh, popular translation for the last 10 plus years is the New International Version, which is the one that I read from most often uh, here in the church. And so we're going to use that one uh, to be our guide for this. Now, let me give you this little background before we read it. David, uh, the king of Israel, David, who's most famous perhaps for killing Goliath, before that happened, uh, he was a shepherd. And uh, as he was a shepherd, one of eight children, or excuse me, one of eight sons at least, he was also handpicked, selected by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. He was born in Bethlehem. That might sound familiar. Uh, he was born in Bethlehem. Jesus was from his line, uh, also born in Bethlehem, and would be not just the king of Israel, but the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Uh, this psalm, though, I would have imagined, like maybe many of you, that David wrote this while he was out on a green hillside, strumming a harp, and watching sheep. But Bible scholars believe, and as I was looking into this, all of them agreed and believed that he wrote this when he was being chased out of town by his own son who wanted to take over the kingdom, who had won the hearts of the people so much that David said, we gotta get out of here or we're dead. And David fled his own throne and went on the run. There was civil war, brother against brother, sister against sister. Maybe you've had a little taste of that during this pandemic, you know, where I've known families that have been divided over a, an illness, uh, families that have been in opposition, who have, have had strife during this whole pandemic situation. Well, this is more than a pandemic. This is a son trying to kill you or at least run you as far away as possible so he can take over the kingdom. And in the midst of that, David reflects upon who God is. Who is he? Who is the God that I serve? And in David's terms, he put him uh, in this 23rd Psalm, and it gives us strength in the struggle. And if you're struggling today, I believe these next seven weeks could change your life forever. So in honor of reading God's word together. Will you stand to your feet? And if you have a Bible, you can use it. Uh, otherwise, we're gonna have it on the screen. And let's read the 23rd Psalm together. Here it is, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Somebody say amen. All right, you may be seated. David compares the Lord to a shepherd, all right? So if, if David is comparing the Lord to a shepherd, who are you in this? You're a sheep, right? And uh, there, there's some words that we can use for sheep, and we're gonna come to those, but has anybody got an adjective that you might think describes sheep? Okay, so that was, that was stronger than the first service, all right? Um, stupid, dumb is what somebody said. It is they're, they're dumb, they're not this, and we're gonna see that in a few moments, but how many, how many shepherds are in the room? That's your job. Um, okay, yeah, see, that, that's what I thought. That's why we don't understand this job. And so over these next seven weeks, we're going to understand a little bit more about the job of shepherd. To help me to understand it for you, a couple books that I read in studying for these messages. One is A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller. It's an easy read. And uh, it's a great read. Uh, also, Life Without Lack by Dallas Willard uh, is another great book as well. But to understand this, let me read a passage from 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is when David first meets up with King Saul, and, and they're talking about Goliath. And, and here's what David said to Saul. He says in verse 34, your servant, speaking of himself, David says, I, I used to keep my father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. I mean, David is a beast. <laughs> he is, he, you don't mess with David. David said, I just, I just grabbed it by the beard, struck it, and killed it. Don't be messing with me. How many of you, if you were a shepherd and a bear or a lion came along, got one of your sheep, you just have one less sheep, right? <laughs> I'm like, take two if you'd like, you know? Go ahead. But not David. David teaches us something here. David says, it's the responsibility of the shepherd to defend the sheep. He says, you, you know, that lion comes, uh-uh, oh no. No, you, you done picked the wrong flock. You done messed with the wrong shepherd. 
because there may be a shepherd down the road that's going to be like, oh, okay, I got one less or whatever, but not me. No, I am their protector. I am the one who, who stands in responsibility. So in other words, he's telling us something about there's a character of the shepherd that's important here. The character of the shepherd. See, this psalm is not about you. This shepherd, this, this psalm is about a shepherd who is greater than you, who is able to take you if you find yourself in the mouth of a lion today and, and ravaging your marriage and ravaging your money and your finances and your, your mental uh, capacities and your emotional state and you feel ravaged and there's a bear of attack against you, I want you to know that our shepherd is able to deliver us. He is able to set us free. He is able. He is able. So David starts out and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, I want you to notice that he didn't say the Lord is a shepherd, which would be true. The Lord is, is like a shepherd. If we want to get a picture of God, he's a shepherd. And in that day, especially, they would have had a vivid picture of what that would be like because there were shepherds all over. But he doesn't say a shepherd. And he also doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd, which would have been true. That he's a shepherd like no other shepherd. That he leads, he guides, he directs, he protects like no other shepherd. That would have been true. But that's not what he chose. He chose in the midst of his son, trying to take away his throne in the midst of running for his life, in the midst of uncertainty and stress like maybe you and I have never seen before. In the midst of that, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. And I want somebody to know today that he's a personal God. So you may have thought, well, you know, you go to church and it's a good thing to go to church because God keeps a record book, you know, up in heaven. And he knows you coming in today. And when you scanned in on your phone, when, when Josh said that on that video and you did that, well, God said, okay, now angel, write that down. Craig's there, you know, whoever. Your name, they're there. So now we're going to do something good in their life this week because they showed up today. No, I want you to know that that's not what God came for. God didn't come for rituals. He didn't come for religion. God came for a relationship with you. He is a personal God. That's the reason why your view of God is huge. And I hope your view of God over these next seven weeks expounds and expands greater than it's ever been before. Because some people have a messed up view. You know, some people think, oh, you know, church, all they want is your money. 
They're just after your money. They're just, or they're just after your time. They just want you volunteering, giving of yourself, and sucking the life out of you. You know, that's what that's about. Or God, you know, you just don't know about God. He's liable to ask you to do something you don't want to do. And let me tell you something. God is not after your money. God is not after your volunteering. God is not after all these other things that we can talk about that that you might have thought that God did. Here's what God is after. He's after you. He wants you to have a real experience with him. Your own experience, not grandma went to church or great-grandma or whatever. No, God wants to be a personal God to you. How many know that's good news today, that God wants us to experience? Here's what Charles Spurgeon said years ago when he was preaching on this passage of Scripture. He said, sheep is an object of property, not a wild animal, you know, like all the other animals. Its owner sets great store by it, and frequently it is bought with a great price. It is well to know, as certainly as David did, that we, look at this, we belong to the Lord. There is a noble tone of confidence about this sentence. I want you to have confidence today in whose you are. Who owns you? Who's paid? Let me tell you something. You want to know the price Jesus paid for you? He paid the ultimate price. That's how much you're worth to God. God gave himself for you. That's who you are. Over 200 times in the Bible, it compares us to sheep. That's amazing. Over 200 times. So how, if we're gonna get an understanding of this, I want us to answer the question, how are we similar to sheep? How are we similar? Some I already said stupid or dumb. Uh, but, but here's the first thing, if you're taking notes, write this down. You're a wanderer. You're a wanderer. If left to yourself, you will wander. And, and you are directionally challenged. You, know, you, you will, how many, you, you knew you shouldn't sign that lease. You knew, something was telling you, don't do that, don't call her back, don't call him, don't go on a second date, don't do that, don't say yes, don't whatever, and you did it, right? We all have done things like that. And and so even though he's cute, (laughs) right? We don't have a name for him yet, so... If you're online, just type something in the chat because we got to give him a name, don't we? Uh, if he's going to hang with us for seven weeks, we should give him a name. And so uh, help us name him. But, but here's a story that, that uh, happened several years ago. 1,500 sheep were grazing, and one of them got over to the edge of a cliff and jumped off. And here's what happened next. Another one came and jumped off. And then another one. 1,500 sheep jumped. 
How many of you, it doesn't take 1,500 of your buddies <laughs> to mess up, right? You're like, I don't know about that. You know, that didn't go so well. But, but 1,500 sheep went over the cliff. Over 400 of them died and, and the others bounced on the other sheep and got injured until all 1,500 had, had either died or needed to be put down, and the loss was a $100,000 value. That's dumb, right? Look at what Isaiah said. Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone, every one of us, to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yeah, oh, I won't get hooked. I can smoke that. I can drink that. I can do that. It won't bother me. I can quit any day I want to. I, I, won't, I, can, I can take that job and my marriage will survive. I can, I can do this and my kids will be okay. Right? We all have those things. And, and here's the thing that David says is I have a shepherd who rescues me, who comes along and says, uh-uh, you're getting close to the edge. Come on back, boy. Come on back, girl. Don't go there. Did you see what just happened? That's going to be you. And some of us, God's speaking to us today. God's speaking to some people right here, right now. And he's saying, hey, hey, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't, don't, don't take that. Don't do that. I, and he's trying to redirect our lives. He's trying to help us. But are you tuning into him or tuning him out? Listen, I'll tell you, God's so invested in you as a shepherd that the Bible says, Jesus said, he'll leave the 99 to go after the one. And somebody might be the one today. You're in this service or you're watching online and you know you're the one. He's been after you. He, he's been working on you. He's, he's put a preacher in your life today to tell you that he wants you, that he loves you, and that he's got a plan for your life. You can turn around. And I want to say to somebody else, it's never too late to turn around. I said it's never too late to turn around. You can turn around today. If you'll turn and, and go the other way, look, listen, look where you're headed. If, if you're headed for the cliff, you can stop and allow the shepherd to redirect your life. Listen, here's another thing to write down. Not only are we wanderers, but listen, we're defenseless. We're defenseless. I mean, sheep are defenseless. Yeah, have you ever seen a sheep do taekwondo against some other animal? You know, some lion come up and the, the sheep goes, you know, you know, and that lion just takes off. 
No. Anything against a sheep, anything wins every time. Whatever it is. Because the sheep just can't defend themselves. That's why they need a shepherd. Look at what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1 or chapter 5 verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, wake up because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So you have an enemy. You have an enemy who's after you. But let me tell you something. He's not after you because of your past. He's after you because of the potential of your future. Because if you get through this thing, you're going to have a testimony. If you, if you get through this test and you pass the test, your test is going to turn into a testimony. And other people are going to be one to Christ. Other people are going to be touched. Your family may be revolutionized. The whole family come to Christ if you come out of this crisis. And so the Bible says he comes against that and, and says, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You need to quit. Don't go to church. You're tired. It's too sunny outside to go to church. Oh, look, it's raining this weekend. You can't go. You, you should do something else. There's other things you could do. And listen, here's what we ought to do. We ought to lean on the shepherd, right? We ought to lean on the shepherd because the shepherd will protect us. The shepherd will protect us. I know in 2020, anybody remember 2020? Okay, yeah, uh, it was quite the year. And, and so we were spending some extra time at home and we were, you know, doing video of our services and, and different things. And so uh, when, before we got back in person, uh, we were at home and, and we were, uh, Rochelle was watering flowers on our deck. And as she was back there on our deck, uh, she looked over and right over the edge of our neighbor's yard was this cute little kitty and uh, it, it kind of did a meow at her. And so she meowed back. And um, I didn't know she knew cat, but she, she can speak cat. And so uh, she started speaking cat. And this cat came closer and closer and closer. I think we got a picture of where it wound up. It wound up on our deck. And we wound up feeding it. It was, it, she told me to go get milk. I got water. It, it didn't want water. Uh, so I thought I knew better. But, but I brought milk out and it went after that milk. And then we got tuna. Come on, somebody. Then we got a cat, right? <laughs> That's what happened. We got a cat. And, and so uh, the cat lived out on our deck and actually probably looked like he was living under our deck. And, and every morning for breakfast, he was ready for breakfast and ready for dinner and, and all. And uh, so uh, one day I was getting ready to mow the yard after the cat had been there a while. And, and by now he's got a name, Mateo. How many know you own a cat when you start naming it and feeding it and all? And so I came out of the, yeah, too cute. Uh, that's why we couldn't get rid of him. So, <laughs> so then I was coming out of the garage 
with my weed whacker, all right? And I was getting ready to mow the yard, and uh, so I'm getting ready to come out of the garage, and I see what looks like the shadow of a 747 go over my driveway. And I thought, wow, that was low. And uh, I came out and uh, came around the house and looked, and there were three hawks flying over my neighbor's house. And I had seen hawks earlier, and I thought, "Mm mm-hmm, I know what you're up to. And so I yelled to Rochelle, I said, hey, where is Mateo? And she says, oh, he's right here somewhere. I'm like, where is he, woman? You know, I'm like upset, you know. I'm like, you know, I I could care less about that cat two weeks ago and whatever, but, but now I'm like, where is he? And uh, she says, well, he was right here. I, maybe he's under the deck now. And, and I thought, mm-hmm, he saw something. And I see something. And so I took my weed whacker, went back over there in the side yard, and I stared down those, those hawks. And I started flexing out there to the best of my ability. And I'm like, you want a piece of this? David had a sling, I got a weed whacker. (laughs) But I'll whack you with it, all right? If I got to go to jail, I'll go to jail over three birds out here or whatever. And and so I'm like staring them down. And and they ultimately, uh, hilariously, uh, migrated away from our house. And I went on about my business, uh, mowing the yard and everything. But I want somebody to know today that God has more than a weed whacker to defend you with. He has given you the power, the unction, the anointing of the very Holy Spirit of God, the same power, listen, that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. He said, I'm going to put angels around about you to guard you and to keep you, to comfort you, to be around you every hour of every day. How many have known the mighty power of God in your life, right? More, more than a weed whacker. Look at what John said in John 10, 11. He said, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus. And the good shepherd, listen what he'll do. He'll give his life for the sheep. There's nothing that he won't do. The great God of the universe is watching you today, and he is ready to protect you. How many know that's good news? That's so good. Listen, here's the last thing is you're needy, right? You are. Just go ahead, turn to the person next to you and say, you're needy. You're needy. And and, and go ahead, say it back. You're needy, too. You're needy too. All right, some of you are having too much fun with that one. All right. But listen, left to himself, left to himself, his hair's gonna grow all wild. He's gonna get in burrs and all kinds of stuff. And 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 listen, he's liable to starve. 
Because he doesn't know where he needs to go for his next meal. That he's liable to die of thirst because he doesn't know where the water is. And we're going to see this in a few weeks, how that the shepherd knows where the water is to refresh you. And so here's, here's the thing about the shepherd is the level of life of this sheep is dependent upon the level of your shepherd. Did you hear that? See, and reading one of these books, one of them said, you know, I was a good shepherd, but the guy next to me, he, he didn't take care of his sheep like I did. And it made me so sad. I'd look over and they were lean and they were needy, and they'd look over the fence at my sheep that were well-watered, that were cared for. Let me tell you something. It matters who your shepherd is. I said it matters who your shepherd is. See, there's people maybe here that you say, oh, I'm just having a hard time getting over stuff. I'm just having a hard time making it. I'm having a hard time. It seems like I never get ahead. Let me ask you, who's your shepherd? Are you your shepherd? You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to make it happen. Are you trusting the government? Are you trusting some employer? Are you trusting this person or that person? Let me tell you something. You, you, you cannot put your trust in things that will not last. It's time we put our trust only in God. Listen, in a time of civil war, in a time of rivalry, in a time of dysfunction, in a time of stress and anxiety, David said, I know who my shepherd is. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, what's the result when the Lord's your shepherd? Look at what it says. He says, I'm I'm not going to lack anything. I'm not going to lack anything. In other words, like Paul says, I'll take care of all your needs according to my riches and glory. Jesus said it like this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, food, clothing, shelter, all the stuff you need, it'll all be taken care of by your heavenly father because if you see these birds and you see all these flowers, do you not think your father cares more about you? He died for you. He sent his son to die for you. And and so where, where do you lack? Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this, I gotta admit, I just just gotta be honest. There's times when I think, no, 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 I do lack. I lack granite countertops in my kitchen. (laughs) I lack the upgrade on my computer. I I lack the latest, you know, AirPods. I lack, there's times, anybody gonna be honest with me today? Don't leave me up here by myself. That there's times where you think, "Mm, no, I think I lack. But let me tell you something. Jesus said, he'll give you all you need, not all you greed. 
All right? And, and so some of us, God knows better than we do. I, I'm just telling you, God's smarter than me. Okay? If you can make a sun and make it work like it works and do that for thousands and thousands of years, I think you're pretty smart. How many think that's pretty smart? Probably smarter than you. And listen, here, here's what I think God does. I think sometimes God says, you're not that good with the money you've got. Why should I give you more? You're not good with the job you have. Why should you get promoted? Well, you're not using it to reach people for me as it is. Why would I give you more influence? Am I getting too close? See, sometimes I, I think God knows what we need better than we do. And at the lowest maybe point of David's entire life, he, he says, the Lord's my shepherd, so I don't even lack anything. But David, you're on the run. David, you, you had to give up your throne and take off. He says, yeah, but he meets my every need. Some of you, You've come through loss. You've come through difficulty. Some of you, you're in the midst of troubled times. You're in the midst of anxious moments. And listen, here's what the Lord says to you today. What David said is, if the Lord is my shepherd, I have a peace that passes all understanding that even though all hell is breaking loose on the outside, all heaven is breaking loose on the inside. Somebody help me preach this today. You know, our daughter who lives at home and, 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 and she, other than college time, um, I don't think my daughter and all the time, two years old, 20 years old, whatever years old, I, I don't think she's ever gone towards summer and saying, um, I hope our air conditioner works fine this year. I don't think when the seasons change and it's getting ready to get cold, that she ever, you know, thinks, hmm, boy, uh, maybe I should check the furnace and make sure it's all in working order and condition. I don't think she ever goes into the kitchen and ever thinks, I wonder if there will be any food in the refrigerator. You know what? Her faith is not in the food. Her faith is in the Father who provides for the food. And I want you to know that you have a heavenly Father today. And when you trust in Him, when you put your confidence in Him, when you believe in Him, let, let me put it this way put this up on the screen peace and contentment. It comes from whom we have, not what we have, right? So it's who is in my house. That's what matters. There's gonna be food in my house. There's gonna be provision in my house. There's gonna be joy. There's gonna be peace. There's gonna be a presence of God in my house because God is in my house. 
And when God is in your house, when God is in church, let me read one more quote from Charles Spurgeon, then we're gonna wrap this up. We all, we have all things and abound, not because I have a good store of money in the bank, not because I have skill and wit with which to win my bread, but because the Lord is my shepherd. See, see, some people are worried about tomorrow's problems on today's pasture. Sometimes what happens is, you, know, you may say, well, Craig, what, what about the world? What, what about Russia? What about, what, what, what if there's another virus or, or it, it forks off and causes something else? And what, what if? Listen, I don't know what the future holds but I know who holds the future. And that makes all the difference in my life because I can't control the world around me, but I can control what is within me. Or better yet, who is within me? My shepherd is in me. And by the way, you give him just five loaves and two fish and watch what he can do. That's just how amazing, how mighty, how powerful that he is. So today, let me ask you, who's your shepherd? Who's your shepherd? Let's pray. Father, we want to put our hope in you afresh and new. Maybe you're here today, and some of you, you know the Lord. You've prayed a prayer. You've made a confession of faith, but if you are honest today, you worry and fret and get anxious. And it's because you're not always trusting in the shepherd. But today, you say, oh, Craig, I want to declare to the devil, to declare to the world, to declare to everyone around, the Lord is my shepherd. He's mine. And today I take confidence in him. If that's your, if that's your prayer, if that's your design, you raise your hand with me right now. How many are with me on that? He's your shepherd. You're gonna not worry this week so much. You're not gonna be so anxious. Father in heaven, for every person in this room and every person watching online, that sometimes we watch a little too much CNN, too much Fox, too much internet, too much Twitter, too much other voices in our lives. And the next thing we know, we're going over the cliff. The next thing we know, we're, we're, we're worrying, we're fretting, we're anxious. So God, today, free us from that and help us to dedicate and consecrate ourselves to one shepherd in our lives, and that is you. While we're praying, there may be someone in this room or someone online 
that the Lord, honestly, if you were to be brutally honest, the Lord is not your shepherd. More likely, you are. And today, you realize that I need God in my life. I need the Lord. And I want the Lord. And maybe he used to be. Maybe he used to go to church. He used to read the Bible. And maybe you even won fire for God at one point in time in your life. Or maybe you just kind of went to church and went through the motions. But today, God is calling you back. And if you need to come to him today, will you just raise your hand if you're in this room? Yeah, just raise it up. Yeah, yeah, in this room and online. Just type the word decided in the chat and we're gonna pray for you and believe God to come into your life today. As a matter of fact, I want everyone to pray this prayer. Everyone in this room to pray it so the others around you will pray it as well. Say, dear heavenly father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. And I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So from this point forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Become my shepherd. Lead me, guide me. I put my trust in you. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church family. Let's celebrate those who in this room and online made declarations of faith in Jesus. Listen, we're gonna do something else in this room today. We've got three stations. There's one in the back and two up here. Uh, we did this in first service as well. Here's a moment of consecration, all right? We're just gonna make it real. What are you needing to trust the good shepherd for in your life? What is it that you just kind of hang on to it? I don't know if it's money. I don't know if it's prestige. I don't know if it's marriage or a wannabe marriage or a whatever in your life, and you're just not always trusting God for it. But today, let's declare that I am trusting God. I'm, I'm letting this go today. And so we're going to write it on these boards. And uh, I want you to stand. And there's pins all over the place, okay? So it's not a problem. First service, it worked fine, okay? So, so just stand to your feet. Our worship team's gonna help us. And I want somebody to lead out. Just come on down and start writing and say, I'm trusting God for this. And, and you just put that on there. And, and whatever it is, you just trust him with it. And we're gonna pray over these and believe God to move in every one of these situations. Go ahead, move about.